It is Sunday, March 30th, 2014. This is U62 The Targ. Happy birthday, Batman! As we say in the radio business, if you put that on the radio, people will listen to it. All right, here it comes. Anyone who isn't dead or from another plane of existence would do well to cover their ears right about now. Why, what a little tiny microchip deep inside some electronics. Broadcasting to the world through the miracle of the internet. Ladies and gentlemen, this is U62, the TAR. Now your host, a man with a lifelong dream of getting paid to do this, Mark Pappas. On this week's show, Tim Hortons comes to town, we dissect the new Ninja Turtles trailer, and one of my favorite TV shows is finally coming to DVD. It's episode 709, Too Cold for Spring. So sit back, relax, grab yourself some warm root beer and a towel that's oh so fluffy. You 62 the tar, you're in for something special. Enjoy the show. Good morning, ladies and gentlemen. Mark Campus here, and welcome to this week's episode of the Targ. How are you today? I'm doing pretty good because I am high on a Timmy's buzz. Here in the town of Westlock, that's been the big news for the past week. One week ago, our Tim Hortons finally opened up. We have finally become a full part of Canadian civilization with a Tim Hortons in town. And because I'm enough of a fast food geek, I got it in my head. I wanted to be the first one at Tim Hortons when they opened. So I went on my radio show in my day job and I put it out there. Does anybody know when Tim Hortons opens up? And they all came back and told me Sunday morning, 6 a.m. So Sunday morning, I set my alarm clock for 6 a.m. Thanks to my internal clock, I was up at 5.30. Got out of bed, threw on some pants, threw on a shirt, hopped in my car, drove down to Tim Hortons, got there at quarter to six, and I was already fifth in line. Four people ahead of me. Oh well, but still I can tell my grandkids I was the first one at the Westlock Tim Hortons. You know, I can comfort myself in the fact that I was their first not difficult customer. Being six in the morning, you know, I decided I would have one of their breakfast sandwiches and a hash brown. And because I'm not a coffee drinker, I opted for hot chocolate instead of coffee. So there I am. I enjoy my breakfast. I enjoy the ambiance of the store. And when I leave, the four people who were ahead of me were still at their cashier dictating their orders. You know, how many shots of flavoring they wanted, exactly how you got to stir in the milk and what they want their full mark to be coffee culture. I just don't understand it, but there it is. But Tim Hortons is here, and well, like I was warning a friend of mine, you know, sometimes I do that bit, Mark Tastes Random Things, where I eat stuff live here on the show and review it for you. So in the months ahead, you'll probably see me working through the entire Tim Hortons menu on Mark Tastes Random Things. I was going to do it today, but you know what? I think I'm going to avoid the Tim Hortons for a while and just, you know, kind of let things calm down over there because they have only been open for a week. So as you can understand, things are crazy because they are so new. Every staff member is a trainee and because there's lots of people driving through town who are used to getting their coffee now like this, there's getting to be lots of annoyed customers because, you know, everything's going so slow with everyone being a trainee. 
that I can put up with. What I cannot put up with is the fact that they failed to anticipate how busy things were going to be in their first week. So they ran out of pretty much everything but coffee by Wednesday afternoon. So, yeah, I'm going to wait for things to calm down, the supply chain to start running smoothly again, and then I will start, you know, tasting random things from Tim Hortons. Wow, Tim Hortons, McDonald's, A&W, KFC, all in Westlock, and the most painful thing is they're all within walking distance of my house. So, yeah, I, I walk to the stores for my burgers, but you know what? That's not working off the gut. I have to come up with a new plan. While I figure out that new plan, I'm going to play some music for you. Here is one of my favorite cuts off the Batman 1966 film soundtrack here on U62 The Tar. The main titles from the 1966 Batman film here on U62 The Targ. Good afternoon, Mark Camp is here, and I had to play that for a very special reason. The day I post this podcast, March 30th, 2014, is officially the 75th anniversary of Batman. On March 30th, 1939, was when Detective Comics number 27 first hit newsstands and Batman was introduced to the world. In fact, back on Friday, I was reading 
tweeting online uh, some of DC's 75th anniversary plans for Batman. Because I am more of a movie guy, my eyes instantly went to the movie and DVD plans. Here's what they got planned on the DVD side for Batman's 75th anniversary. They got two more straight-to-DVD animated movies coming out this year. Both of them are going to be Batman-related. Remember that totally awesome 75th anniversary short film they did for Superman, where they told his whole life story in two minutes? They're making one of those for Batman. Actually, they're making two of those for Batman. This year also marks the 25th anniversary of Tim Burton's Batman, so we're going to get a brand new 25th anniversary Blu-ray of that. And the piece de resistance, the one that Bat fans have been clamoring for since DVD became a thing, the Adam West 1966 TV show is finally going to be released on DVD and Blu-ray. It took a long time to get that all arranged for DVD and Blu-ray because, you know, they had so many celebrity guest stars. Uh, playing the guest villains. So they had mountains of red tape to sort through when it came to arranging royalty deals with all of their estates and everything. But that is all settled, so we're finally getting it on DVD. Well, let's move from one superhero to the next, shall we? There's something else that went online this past week that has all of the comic book geeks just salivating. That is, we got our first trailer for Michael Bay's Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Five years ago was when Paramount bought the TMNT franchise Lock, Stock, and Barrel, and their first announcement was, new live-action film, Turtles are going to be computer-animated with performance capture. Okay, cool. Then the bad news, Michael Bay was going to be producing it through his Platinum Dunes production. We should make that clear. Everyone's talking about how it's a Michael Bay film, but Michael Bay is only producing it. The director is Jonathan Liebsman, who also did Battle Los Angeles and Wrath of the Titans. He is the director. But still, you look at the trailer, Michael Bay's fingerprints are all over it. It looks so much like a Michael Bay film. And then, of course, the internet went crazy when they announced that April O'Neil was going to be played by Megan Fox. You know what? I didn't go as angry about that as a lot of people did. Because, you know, Megan Fox just might have it in her to be a good actress. You know, when we saw Michael Bay's shitstorm that was Transformers Revenge of the Fallen, a friend of mine, one of the few compliments he gave to that film was to Megan Fox's acting. Remember that scene, said my friend, where uh, Megan Fox is having the Skype date with Shia LaBeouf, but he stands her up? In that scene, Megan Fox actually acts heartbroken. So there you go. Maybe Jonathan Liebsman is the director who can pull a good performance out of Megan Fox. Uh, but we saw the trailer and... Uh, I don't know. I'm just not as excited about this as I was for the animated film that came out in 2007. I was going crazy for that one, but for this one, eh, not so much. I'm uh, My main criticism is I don't like how they redesigned the turtles for this. I mean, they were teenagers and they were ninjas. So they were small, they were skinny, they were light. But these Michael Bay turtles, they are huge, they are ripped, they are like the Hulk with these shell backpacks. And then someone else pointed out something online that made me laugh. There's this one bit at the end of the trailer where April O'Neil comes face to face with Michelangelo for the first time. And Michelangelo goes, whoa, 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 don't worry, don't panic, I'm wearing a mask, this comes off. And he takes off his ninja mask, revealing his full big green turtle face in all its glory. And he's like, see, just a mask. The unmasked ninja turtles look just like Shrek!
They do, they do. Uh, but still, it's, I'm I'm mildly curious about it. Like I said, I'm not excited, but I am curious. So when it comes out on August 8th, I will most definitely be there to see what this new incarnation of Ninja Turtles is like. You're listening to Mark Kappas. It's clear to all of you that I am awesome. On U62, the Tark. some blues brothers so there's everybody needs somebody to love here on u62 the targ good afternoon mark campus here with you this news came across my desk the other day and i am so excited i didn't know how best to share it so i figured i would share it here in the podcast now and again is finally coming to dvd 
When they started this trend of releasing brilliant but canceled TV shows to DVD, Now and Again was number one on my wish list. Now it's the last thing remaining on that wish list, and it's finally coming. Now and Again is a show that was on in the fall of 1999. It only lasted one season, and I was thoroughly hooked on it. Here's the premise. We have a guy. He's a big old fat insurance salesman in New York City. When he's coming home from work one night, he is run over by the subway in a freak accident. But does he die? No. He wakes up the next day in this slim, totally buff body, and it's explained to him. The new body that he now has was grown in a laboratory to be the genetically perfect body. But of course, it needed a brain. And something about this guy's personality profile made him the ideal candidate. So when he was killed, they put his brain in this body. So now the whole show, each episode followed two concurrent plots. It followed our hero, Michael Weissman was his name, as he discovered his new life in the genetically engineered super body and becoming a secret agent. And the other plot was always his wife and his teenage daughter and his best friend under the impression that he is dead and just rebuilding their lives. And of course, their lives would always cross paths in other ways. It was deeply romantic because he still cared for his wife and he still loved her. And oh, it was just an amazing show. But again, just one short season was how it lasted and it's finally coming to DVD. I can hardly wait because I love that show so much. So romantic, so much good action, had a great quirky sense of humor, but it had the tone where it had the quirky sense of humor, but it could turn on a dime like that and be total hardcore spy thriller espionage where it looked like people were going to die. So just a beautiful show. I got the Google alert back on Wednesday on my phone. That's how much of a fan I am. I had the Google alert all set up for now and again DVD release. But apparently July 22nd is going to be when it's coming out, so I'll be setting aside my birthday money for that. And then I'll be telling you all about it on my blog and how awesome it is. (sighs) And that's all the awesome news I felt like sharing this week, so you know what? I think it's time to wrap this up. Go outside and play. I'm Mark Kappas. This has been the Targ. See you next week. And this brings us to the end of another exciting episode of the Targ. Don't forget you can download a new episode of the Targ every week at chaosinabox.com. The Targ is written and produced by Mark Kappas under the watchful eye of 42 Star Wars action figures. The Targ is a Chaos in a Box production.